<laughs> okay, what are people saying? <laughs> All right. Uh, what have we got here? Here from the peeps. Nigeria, what can I possibly say? Only imagine the future of the world being like Nigeria when Satan controls all after the close mm. of probation. That's pretty much <laughs> yeah, fair our enough. future right there. Do you realise that Apple got their logo from the fruit of the original sin in the Garden of Eden? That's the Apple Computer Company. That's also a fact. It, is that a fact? That is. You can look that up. That's like mm-hmm. Steve Jobs like on the mic mm-hmm. saying, like, okay, this is where our... Mm-hmm. Well, it looks like I need to switch to Windows. <laughs> no. They're all as bad as each other. Yeah. Um, can you imagine living in Nigeria? How would your mental state be? Just place yourself in that situation. Yeah, so we're talking about emotional uh, yeah. issues with David Haupt this morning. Imagine being in a place in Nigeria where you just sort of never knew when you woke up the next day or not, whether you would be alive or not, whether you'd mm. be beheaded. You need to look at some of those um, headlines through there, and, and you, know, you just type Nigeria into, into headlines, and it's all about people being killed, people being kidnapped, um, beheadings, churches being burnt mm. down, farms being burnt, houses being burnt every day. That's mm. just an everyday existence over this there. Is, this is the kind of place where, like, as an Australian, like, you can't travel to. You can, but it might not be smart. Yeah, well, because Austra- the Australian government has, like, its lists of, like... Red-zoned countries. Re- this is, like, a 100% red-zoned country. Yes. Like, we went to we went to Ethiopia. Yes. Which isn't a red-zoned no, country. No, it was, like, orange or yellow or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, Nigeria is, like, they're, like, don't go there, you'll probably die. I've been to red-zoned countries. Oh, same. Uh, well, I went to the Philippines during, like, yeah, 2015, yep, yep, which yep. is in the red zone. And but I The just, thing with the Philippines is that it has a lot of islands and the entire nation is in the red zone because some of those islands are red zone. That was, you know, I went to Manila. Yeah. And, like, yeah, Manila has, like, crime and stuff, but it was it was pretty chill. Like, it wasn't that bad, but it was a red zone. And so I remember when we were going there, me and Haley, like, you know, kind of devised a few strategies. Haley, Haley, my sister, who I traveled there with, I was like 16. She's like 22. We're like devised a few like, oh, you know, okay, we'll keep our money here and we'll, you know, keep our wallets here and we'll do just, this just, and do just that. Just do smart travel stuff. Yeah, just do smart travel stuff. But then we rocked up there and it was pretty chill. And, you know, it was like late one night and I was like, we were hungry. I'm like, okay, I'll go across the road and get Maccas and you know, I didn't get stolen or anything. Like, no, it was like super chill. It was like super easy. Like, we were in a good part of town in a nice hotel, so we would we were easy. Yeah, well, yeah. I spent I spent time in Papua New Guinea, and we used to go up there um, in a previous job that I had uh, pretty regularly, and that's a red zone country. Yeah, wow. And that's a pretty violent country. And yeah, it was interesting. You know, it's like there was uh, one of the local coppers was assigned to me as a uh, bodyguard while I was there doing a series of meetings. Wow. And it was just interesting to have a conversation. He's like, yeah, yeah, there's this guy up in the mountains, you know, and he got involved in cargo cult and all this kind of stuff. And we heard the other day that he was um, abusing young girls, so we went up there and shot him. And, you know, <laughs> and they're like, wow. I heard a story from someone from PNG that, like, the it was like an Adventist church, and they were, like, baptizing someone, and then they got, like, attacked by people, and then... Yeah, there's a reason why Papua New Guinea is red zoned. It's yeah, a very, it's very like, violent place. It's like hectic. You've got 600 different spoken languages. Yeah, lots um, of division. Lots, lots of, of division, lots of tribes, lots of tribal warfare, you know, thousands of years of history of tribal warfare. Mm. And uh, we need to pray for countries like this. Yeah. We really do. Anyway, 
Let's move on. That was our text messages. Yes, so let's move on to our Bible study, Genesis mm-hmm. chapter 42. So we kind of got up to, well, we missed yesterday because we weren't here, but we were talking about Joseph and his brothers. Mm-hmm. And his brothers turn up and he accuses them all of being spies. Simeon gets left in jail while they go home to their father and uh, they have been told that, you know, you can't come back down unless you bring your younger brother with you, mm. Benjamin. And, of course, Benjamin has been the one who has replaced Joseph. Joseph was the favoured child. Now, Benjamin is the favoured child. And all of the brothers have been living in a similar situation where, you know, Jacob is clearly playing favourites. Benjamin is one of the youngest of the brothers, and yet he is going to receive the birthright uh, and all of the wealth. And you can imagine that the other brothers are not going to be happy with this. Excuse me. And so... He, um, you know, Joseph wants to find out whether these brothers are still the same as what they were or not or whether they've actually changed. Mm. Now, the question that goes through my mind is this. Once you start into this story, and by the time you finish it, you have to ask yourself the question, first of all, did Joseph forgive his brothers? Yes. Okay, so here's the next question. At what point? Did he forgive his brothers? I would say, like, from the beginning. And why would you say that? Well, because the way in which he's dealing with them here is is not... Like, from them, they're like, oh, you know, from their perspective, yeah, they're, they're like, freaked oh, out. they're freaked out. They're like, oh, they're on, he's on to us. Like, they... Uh, clearly, Joseph has grown up a lot during this time. Like, he looks yes. very different. They can... they To the point where they can't even recognize him. That's right. And... But the reason that Joseph is dealing with them this way... Um, and calling them spies and getting them to leave to the younger brother and everything is because he wants a family reunion. That's right. He wants to be with them. Absolutely. If he hadn't forgiven them, you know what would happen? They would die. <laughs> like, Joseph is the most powerful dude. He is, like, the prime minister of the biggest empire in the world at that time. Not only the biggest empire in the world, but the only empire that has, like, food and power and resources well, and money and, like, you know, he could even just cut them off from buying food and they would die. Yes. But even further so, like, he could just, you know, call the captain's guard, you know, ring up Potiphar, be like, hey, can you kill these guys? And, and it would be done. Like, that's... The position that Joseph's in, yet he's not doing it. So it shows me that, like, obviously, Joseph, and I would say even from the beginning, like, when he goes to Potiphar's house and he's being blessed by God and things, you know, we don't really get an insight into Joseph's grief and dealing with that. But I think even from there, like, God has been working on his heart and has helped him to forgive his brothers. Absolutely. I I totally agree. And what I see here is this, and that is that when Joseph gets to Egypt, mm. he he instantly succeeds. Yeah. He succeeds in Potiphar's house. He succeeds in jail. Yeah. He wow. succeeds as prime minister. And none of that success would have been possible without forgiveness, mm. which kind of does my head in because that means that he must have forgiven his brothers somewhere between you know the land of Palestine and the land of Egypt. Mm. while the Ishmaelites are carting him off and he's been sold into slavery at some particular point along that road when he's given his heart to God, he has forgiven his brothers because there is no way that somebody who refuses to forgive is ever going to have the level of, of success that Joseph had. Mm. It's particularly in the way that he has. You know, we see like successful businessmen across the world da, 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 who are immoral people. Yeah. But the way that Joseph is succeeding is 
through the express blessing of God. That's right, the express blessing of God, and that comes as about as a result of having a clear conscience right yeah, across wow. the board. Mate, that's a song title right there, what you said before, On the Road. You know, a song about Joseph forgiving his brothers. It's, man, lol, you're a genius. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe now that I've come up with the title, Lawson, you need to go and write a song. <laughs> I need to go and write a song. We've got, a, we've got a guitar here in the studio. Yeah, so that's right. That's right. Get into it. Um, COVID, COVID times, write some music, write some songs. That's right. Record it. We'll play it here on Faith FM. <laughs> Story about Joseph forgiving his brothers. Mm. Yeah. So, and, and this is, and this is the, the really big thing that I see right here is that the lesson for us is a lesson of forgiveness because often, we hang on to thoughts of revenge. Oh, yeah. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. I mean, think about this. How many revenge movies are there out there? Oh, so many. Where, where the whole movie is some great wrong has been done to somebody and they spend the entire movie to get that person back. And, and even when it's not a revenge movie, like even when, like, because I feel like, People recognize that revenge isn't a good thing, but then it's cloaked then with like redemptive violence, which is also problematic, like leads to more violence. Like it doesn't solve anything. No, that's right. And we see this, yeah, all the time. Like this is the kind of, I feel like it's really kind of ingrained in people's psyches as well. I feel like this is the way that every world war has been has functioned and been won is through redemptive violence not that defending your borders is a, is a terrible thing but you know i just I, you look at the example of america where you've got like you know a country that's been attacked in world war 2 so then then they've joined the allied forces to you know attack back which if you know fair enough um but then how that extended through the rest of the 20th century of this you know, kind of power trip of like, oh, well, to make sure that this doesn't happen and countries aren't invading other countries, well, then we need to invade countries and install democracy. And ultimately, like, that's left, led, you know, the Middle East and all these countries. And oh, I think the express example of that was, like, Vietnam. Um, but, yeah, it's like we see that, yeah, redemptive violence ultimately just leading to not good things. Yes. And, but we see Joseph not in... It, like go into that at all? No revenge, no redemptive violence, nothing like none of it, none of it whatsoever. Just when he has all of the power right there mm. at his fingertips, he could have seen these guys turned up. I mean, he could have he could have gone to Pharaoh and said, "Look, let's mount an invasion of the land of Palestine." Oh, that would like we're you doing know, it. I'll, I'll go there. I will get my father. I will get my younger brother Benjamin, and I'll kill everybody else, dude. And he would smoke them like they're all in famine and drought. Uh-huh. They have nothing. Yes. Like, Egypt is the only country that has food. Yes. Like, they would destroy them. And it's a superpower, and they have a professional <laughs> army. You know, they would, have just, they would have just walked in as if there was, you know, nothing to stop them at all. Yeah, but the, but he doesn't. Like, yeah. that's, the, wow, that's powerful. Indeed. Very meek, I would say. Very acting. Yeah, you're gr- right. Great you're meekness right. shown on Joseph's Tremendous part. meekness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we, as we've been talking about meekness in the past, meekness can only exist in proportion to the the, the level of meekness can only exist in the in proportion to the level level of power that you have. Mm. And we're talking about a dude with fantastically amazing great power, power, power. Mm. and that power held in restraint. 
Mm. All right, let's read verse 21 to 24, chapter 42, verse 21 to 24. The Bible says, Speaking among themselves, they said, Clearly we are being punished because of what we did to Joseph long ago. We saw his anguish when he pleaded for his life, but we wouldn't listen. That's why we're in trouble. Didn't I tell you not to sign against the boy, Reuben asked, but you wouldn't listen, and now we have to answer for his blood? Of course, they didn't know that Joseph understood them, and he had been speaking to them through an interpreter, uh, because he had speaking, been speaking to them through an interpreter. Now he turned away from them and began to weep. When he regained his composure, he spoke to them again. Then he chose Simeon from among them and had... He- him tied up right before their eyes. Yeah, wow. Oh my goodness. That is just absolutely oh, full on heartbreaking. Right you know, because the fact is that he turns away and he weeps. Yeah. He's long forgiven these guys. He loves these guys. They're mm. his brothers. How can he love them when they sold him into slavery? You know, most of us would hang on to that grudge for like ever. You know what's crazy is immediately as soon as they end up in this situation, it's like, it's because of what we did to Joseph. They did not have clear consciences. Like, this has been yes. weighing on them forever. They're been so guilty. As, as the first place they go to. It's like, they know immediately. They're not like, oh, we, you know, we ran out of what's fit. What's going on? Like, they know exactly what's up. They're like, we're in Egypt. We sold Joseph. The Ishmaelites were heading this direction. We're being held accountable for what we did. Yeah. Well, well, I think for them, they just think of it in you know a relatively spiritual sense. Like they, they don't actually know that it's Joseph there. They don't no. know where Joseph is no. there, but they're like you know in the, in the sense that oh, we're we're receiving our you know our just rewards, just rewards of what we've done. And I think why, why do you think Joseph cries? Yeah, weeps. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I think that there's a lot of emotion in the story. Mm. Uh, Joseph is seeing his brothers and then he's hearing his brothers talk about the experience of having sold him into slavery and he's hearing their regret, mm. the incredible level of regret that there is in their voices. Yeah. You know, and they're not sort of saying like, ah, oh, we sold that loser down here to Egypt and now we're getting smashed for it. No, 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 it's, we sold that. You know, there was yeah. none of that. There was clearly... There was clearly very, very, very none of that. And Joseph, of course, he's smart. He's using an interpreter. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. He's using an interpreter. <laughs> when this he is, understands what they're this saying. This is his yeah. first language. He probably taught the interpreter to speak Hebrew. Probably. Like. Probably. <laughs> but, I, oh, man, I think it's, like, for me, what I, what I see going on here is, like, that basically I see this meeting as a bit of a screening, if anything else, for Joseph to really gauge where these people are at. That's right. And when he realizes, like, that they're so upset with themselves, like, yeah, it's just this flood of emotions of, like, of just anguish for that situation. Like, he's upset that they're upset and he's trying to work out how he can, you know, bring them back together. Like, there is nothing happy about this situation. Like, he can't just turn around and be like, hey, what's up? Uh, well, I'm actually Joseph. Like, yeah, he's it, there's definitely deep pain there, even though Joseph's forgiven them. Yeah, there's a deep pain there, and they're all kind of expressing it. And it's all coming to the surface right mm-hmm. here. You know, and I think this is the big lesson that, you know, we need to learn here, and it just it just comes through so powerfully in this Bible study, the lesson of forgiveness, is if you refuse to forgive somebody, mm. then you are allowing them to live rent-free inside your brain. Yeah, that's right. That's the decision that you are making 
when you say, no, I will never forgive that person. Mm. You are giving that person free space, free real estate inside your head. And I've heard people say, oh, no, I'm not, you know, I never think about them. No, you think about them every single day. That's the reality. Don't Mm. lie to me. Mm. I know how human nature works because I'm a human. I know how this works. It's (laughs) a little bit like if I said, Lawson, for the next 30 seconds, I want you to not think about elephants. Well, how well are you going so far? Well, I don't think about much, so. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. Maybe this is possible for Lawson. (laughs) Wow, that's tough. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you get my point. Yeah. And it's like the harder you try and put something out of your brain, it's like, I'm not going to forgive this person and I'm never going to forget what they did. And then someone says, well, you're letting them live rent. No, I'm not letting them, letting them live rent, rent free in my brain. They never yeah, enter well. my brain. No, they live in your brain all the time. Just try and stop thinking about them. You can't. Mm. The only time you can stop thinking about them is after you forgive them. Now, forgiving somebody does not mean that they will accept that forgiveness. It's an interesting passage, in fact. Let's go over to Matthew chapter 5. And this is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. It is his, uh, his manifesto right here. Matthew chapter 5. And we're going to look at uh, verse 23, 24, please. Uh, Matthew 5 and verse... 23 and 24, the Bible says, So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar of the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has uh, something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar, go and be reconciled to that person, then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Okay, so the Bible says that if you remember you know, somebody's got something against you, mm. what do you do? You go and make it right. Mm. Now, does that mean, does that require that the person accepts your acts of reconciliation. Uh, no. No. It just means that you've done what you can do. Mm. And so sometimes you can be reconciled. Well, you, you can you can do the reconcile part, but the other person just refuses to forgive. That's their problem. That's mm. on them. That's not on you because you have done the right thing yeah. in this particular situation, and that's what we always need to focus on doing all of the time. Mm. And I think it's reconciling in the sense of that you actually receive you know, in some cases, like civil penalty for what you've done. Like you're actually, yeah. The most, the most, the most, most definitely. The most sorry person is the one who is willing to receive punishment for their, their crimes. And it's like, I feel like, yeah, this isn't just giving, you know, um, giving license to brush over a problem or whatever it may be. It's all about like actually setting things correct and actually letting yourself um, have justice shown against you. Because that's that's what you should do. Absolutely, most certainly is. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to look at Genesis chapter 45 when we come back because this story continues and we don't want to miss any of it out. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Hey, we got a uh, text in from Chris. He said that the land of Canaan would have been under Egypt's rule at the time anyway. Depends what chronology you use. Ooh. Yes. Okay. Wait, how does that make a difference? Because there were times when the land of Canaan was under Egyptian rule and times when it wasn't. Do you think it was under Egyptian rule during the time of Joseph? No. Oh, okay. Different chronology. Oh, wow. Yeah. Depends what, what, which chronology you, you use. Mm-hmm. Which makes it all very interesting. Mm, does. But none, regardless, nonetheless, the point he was trying to illustrate is that Egypt were well within their ability to be able to just wreck Canaan. That's right. Oh, absolutely. Like. Oh, yeah, unquestionably. <laughs> unquestionably. All right. Uh, Genesis 45. 
Yeah, actually, before we go to Genesis 45, let's fill in a little bit of the story. So the, the brothers come back down. They they bring their younger brother, Benjamin, with them, mm-hmm. and they have a hard time. They have a hard time. Oh, man, somebody just texted through all of the answers all at once. Wow. They're really a, on it. A full show bag, bag for bragging <laughs> rights right there. Um, anyway, going back to uh, what we were talking about, they go to their father and they say, well, look, we can't go down to Egypt because we've been mm-hmm. accused of spies unless we prove that we're telling the truth. And the only way we can, we can prove that we're telling the truth if we, is if we take our youngest brother, Benjamin, with us. Yeah, well. And, of course, uh, Jacob and Benjamin were incredibly close and had become even closer after Joseph had gone missing. And, uh, you know, he hadn't seen Joseph for you know, decades by now. And, uh, and and Jacob's like, no, that's never going to happen. It's just not going to happen. It's not any kind of circumstance where that's ever going to happen. But the famine was getting so bad and they were facing starvation that eventually they reached the point where Judah, the oldest, goes and says, look, I will be a surety. Mm. I will go down there and I will guarantee my life. If, if, if we don't bring Benjamin back, then I won't, I won't come back alive. Mm. So that's how desperate they would for, were for food. They go down there and, of course, Joseph then hosts them all to a big meal. It's like, oh, you're not surprised. Isn't that great? So let's come to my place for a meal. And they host them all for a big meal. And Benjamin gets like five times more food and the head of the table uh, and gets treated like royalty in front of all the other brothers because Joseph wants to see how the brothers react. Mm. Because this is how he used to get treated by his father and it used to make the brothers incredibly angry and jealous. Mm. And he wants to see are they still angry and are they still jealous when this happens or have they got past all that? Mm. And they're clearly past all that. And, of course, Simeon, he's, like, super stoked to be out of prison, Mm. to be reunited with his brothers again. And so you can imagine there they'd be a mixture of being scared because they're in the governor's house. Yeah, well. And happy they've got Simeon back and there's some really nice food that's come out. Uh, There would be a lot of different things that would be going on here at this particular point. And, of course, Benjamin is, 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 is getting all of the royal treatment. Yeah, well. Okay, then, of course, you have this super interesting story here. But before we get to it, let me just see here. Uh, Bruce has texted through to say, Forgiveness is a gift that God gives us when we are surrendered to him. A do to focus on the sin against us. Yeah, it might have been slightly mis tight there from mm. my producer. Uh, but I think the point here is very important that this is a gift that God gives us when we surrender to him. Mm. And when we give our lives to Jesus Christ, this is a gift that God gives to us, is the ability to be able to forgive. And, you know, we can forgive people without Jesus Christ, but it is so much more powerful and so much more real when we do it by the grace of God. Yeah. Well. Um, oh, okay, and don't. Yeah. Mm. When we are surrendered to him and don't focus on the sin that is against us. Mm. Yeah, that makes that makes more sense now. All right. Nice. Um, okay, so they are heading back. Do you remember the story? They're heading back to the land and they've got full sacks of corn. All of the brothers are there together. They're heading back and suddenly they are taken overtaken by the Egyptian Secret Service. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. So this is kind of, you know, I, I kind of wonder whether Potiphar was still in charge of the Secret Service. Mm-hmm. But he overtakes them at this time and he accuses them of having stolen 
Yes, of course. Joseph's Cup. Mm. Now, this is interesting because in ancient times, the cupbearer and the prime minister, that was usually the same person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because the prime minister held or the cupbearer held that level of trust. You had to hold that level of trust to be the cupbearer. So maybe this was Joseph's cup or maybe he was actually had replaced the previous cupbearer. Mm. And maybe he is now the cupbearer and, and, and maybe that's why he is the prime minister and maybe this is the cup that he is never allowed to leave his sight mm. and they've made off with it. Yeah. Stealing the pharaoh's cup... That's like instant death penalty. Oh, I did. You're gone. Now, of course, the prime minister, who is someone like the Bible describes being like Pharaoh, Mm. that's in the same category. Yeah, wow. That's right up there as well. And so Joseph's putting them to the test. He's like, yeah, they did pretty good at the banquet. Let's just see how far these guys will go. Let's see if they've really changed or not. All right. And so uh, the Secret Service is like, okay, Take all the sacks of grain down. We're going to go through them one at a time because someone has stolen the cup and Joseph is like, and the brothers are like, no. Mm. Search to your heart's content. Yeah. None of us here have stolen anything. Yeah. We wouldn't even dream of doing such a thing. You know, they were so glad to have their brother back. Why would we do this? Mm. But you have to sort of stop and think maybe at this particular point they were starting to feel like maybe there's a bit of a setup happening Mm. because the cup is down in Benjamin's. Sack, and they know at that particular point they've been set up. You reckon? Yes, because they. I reckon they trust Benjamin. Okay, they know that Benjamin didn't take it. Benjamin's like, I didn't take it. Mm. And who would? That's just like insanity. If you're going to pilfer something out of the governor's, you know, building, it's not going to be his special cup. Oh yeah, that's like the thing he uses every day. Yeah, maybe a little bit of silverware or something like that, maybe, but yeah. not his special cup. Yeah. They've been set up. We're going to hear more about the story when we come back again tomorrow. Mm. And we're going to find out what happens to Benjamin and what happens to all the brothers when they find out that Benjamin is now under the death penalty. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Right now it is time for... Question of the Day. All right, Lyle, our question of the day is, Vicky asks, what did the baker do to deserve the awful, awful death he was told about in the dream? Again, the cupbearer must have been accused, too, of some misdeed. Okay, so, Lawson, why don't you turn over to Genesis chapter 40 for me real quick. We're just going to have a bit of a comparison here of translations. In the King James it says, And it came to pass after these things that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their lord, the king of Egypt. What does your say in verse 40, chapter 40, verse 1? Chapter 40 and verse 1? Yes. Um, Sometime later the pharaoh's chief cupbearer and chief baker offended their royal master. Okay, so the Bible simply says offended. Mm -hmm. What that means, we don't know, and uh, the question assumes that that was something particularly heinous. Mm. In those days, it didn't need to be particularly heinous, but be particularly heinous. These were rulers who would literally shed blood like water, and you did not have to step very far out of line, and the king would just say, oh, just kill that person, Mm. And, and you were done, you were dead. Having said that, 
What I find interesting is that it is both of his food guys. Yes. That have been arrested and thrown into jail. And that's kind of suggestive of maybe an assassination plot. So I'm gonna, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to speculate here. Mm. You know, maybe they just looked at him wrong, the wrong way, and maybe he woke up on the wrong side of the bed and is just like, "Ah, oh, kill these two mm. guys." We don't know. But the fact that it's both of his food guys being thrown into jail at the same time for a period of time kind of suggests an assassination plot that may have had something to do with food. This is this is my fully full blown conspiracy theory. Um, and that they needed to be locked up or detained while an investigation took place and that when one of them was exonerated and the other one was not exonerated, then one of them was restored to his position and the other one was executed. Mm. So that's kind of what it appears like to me. It's an interesting story when you read down through it because both of these guys end up in jail here and the Bible says, uh, verse 2, Pharaoh was angry against his two officers and against the chief of the butlers, against the chief of the bakers. He put them in the prison, in the house of the captain of the guard, into the prison, uh, the place where Joseph was bound, and the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them, and they continued a season in prison. What did you say in verse 4 there? In verse 4, it says, And they remained in prison for quite some time, and the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph who looked after them. Okay, so they've been there for quite a bit of time. So this is not something that is happening fast by any stretch of the imagination. Um, then we go down and we find that they dream these dreams. You know, they dream, dream both of them in, in verse 5 and Joseph comes into them in verse 6. And what does your say in verse 6? In verse 6, it says, When Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed that they both looked upset. Okay, so they both had these really, really vivid dreams and they've been yeah. comparing notes. And there's some similarities between these dreams and that would give you the freakouts. Mm. Because one of them has dreamed about, you know, what he does, which is provide beverages. The other has dreamed about what he does, which is provide baked goods. And there's threes involved in both dreams, so the dreams are somewhat coordinated together. And... Uh, the butler shares his dream first, and Joseph gives him a good interpretation. He's like, in three days, you're going to be restored, and you are going to be the king's cupbearer again as you were. Mm. And you can imagine how the baker felt at that particular point. He's probably pretty stoked. He's like, yeah, I'll tell you my dream. And verse 19, what is his, uh, <laughs> what is his interpretation? Verse there? 19, it says, Three days from now, Pharaoh will lift you up and impale your body on a pole. Then birds will come and peck away at your flesh. Yeah, that would not have been Yikes. a... Uh, oh, that's, that's not wow, great. I've got three days left to live, three days <laughs> left to make things right. Uh, that would not be a good thing at all. But that's exactly what happened. It was fulfilled just like that. And, of course, this was God's way of reaching out to Pharaoh at that time through the fulfillment of these dreams. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.